to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is Jonathan Way. Jonathan is the CEO and founder of Greystone Capital Group. He is also a CPA who began his real estate experience in 2003. Jonathan and his team have acquired a portfolio of commercial real estate assets located in Oklahoma City, Atlanta, Georgia, Midway, Georgia, and Birmingham, Alabama. In addition to being a real estate investor, syndicator, and mentor, he also serves as head of tax for a leading IT software company. So I'm really grateful to have this conversation with you today, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. And so, Jonathan, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background, if you can please share, and just how you got started in real estate. Uh, sure. When I was very young, I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, from Robert Kiyosaki, and he inspired me to do real estate. I was in my 20s, growing up in uh, New Jersey, and I decided to invest in single family and condos in where I lived. And my brother said, you should invest in uh, Central Jersey because it's a great location, it's a cheaper value than the North Jersey near New York City. So I took a, I drove down there when it was really hot that time. Uh, this was 2003 and everything was really high. Everything was very hot. It was a hot a boom in a real estate market. And I put my offer that night and I put like one of the, the asking price and I got accepted the same night. So I was very happy. And, and that's my first uh, property I closed on my real estate journey. Basically. Oh, and so from there, what did you do after that in real estate? Uh, I acquired that first property in 2003. And then several years later, I put two more properties at a portfolio of three. So I guess you could call it a small multifamily because it's three, three condos. And I like real estate. So I started to invest in those three. I wanted to get a couple more, but I didn't have the kind of capital or capacity. So I just continued my career as a tax professional. And then it was only in when I moved, decided to move to Dallas, Texas in four years ago, was where I said, I need to get more serious. I need to get more like in a commercial level than just a residential level because it didn't feel like it wasn't enough for me to ultimately leave my job. So my passion is real estate. So I decided to hire a mentor and get coached on how to do multifamily syndication and commercial real estate world. And I joined that. And I studied for six months and I learned a lot and networked, created my own network group in Dallas and started finding you know, deals. And I got my first deal within 12 months. I'd done like, I got my first deal as helping another student raising capital. And then I also got my own deal where I let the whole deal from top to top to finish. And I also got another deal as a passive investor. So I had three deals for multifamily syndication that year. And in the following year, I got two or three more deals in multifamily and also in some self-storage industry. And that's how I've been progressing this my business and my uh, syndication business. So can we talk a little bit about the first deal that you had? You said it was with another operator where you were helping to raise capital. How did that kind of go for you in that process in terms of the raising capital? And was it your first time doing something like that? Uh, yeah, I was nervous at first. I didn't think I was 
you know, had the ability to raise capital and I doubted myself. Uh, and then I just looked, at, I looked myself in the eye and I said, hey, I think I can at least raise you know, a couple of people, myself included. So I went to my, my friends who I knew for a long time and I showed them the deck and I said, listen, we have this deal with another partner. She's leading it and I'm just helping her and see if you're interested in investing. And he said, are you investing? I said, I'm investing too. So you put together, we can uh, go into the deal. He said, okay. So he did it. I had another student of the mentorship program. He came in as well. So I raised a few people in my circle and that was my first deal. And I felt pretty accomplished because I didn't think I can actually do that. So from there on, that's when my confidence kind of rose and I started taking it more serious and started thinking about a, a platform where I can do it right. Meaning that I went to Adam Adams in Denver, Raising Money uh, Summit. And I also took other mentor courses or some and podcasts and listen to a lot of podcasts. And I try to learn the secret of how to raise a million dollars. And that's how I, I got my journey to raising capital. And I understand now how to raise capital successfully and how to do it right after all those learning and going to those, these summits and meetings and everything else. And so in terms of raising capital, can you share some of the advice that you can give in terms of like being able to raise capital and gaining that confidence to be able to go ahead and do something like that? Uh, yeah. So my advice is a called Thought Leadership Platform. And what that is, is basically you have to study everything, learn everything, become the expert, and then start advertising yourself either through some kind of medium, whether you start a YouTube channel or a Zoom meeting once a month and hosting those items, becoming the thought leader. And over time, you review as a thought leader. And that's how you get credibility and trust over time. For me, I'm kind of lucky I'm already a, I'm the head of tax of a large organization. I've been doing CPA and tax for many, many years. So my financial background and my reputation as head of tax and having a master's in, in taxation helps. Right? It's kind of like being a doctor, a lawyer, it helps. And it supplements my long real estate history of since 2003, buying three condos, uh, having a of multifamily portfolio, and building up on that kind of residential into a commercial aspect. So I think that helps. And, and having the education mentorship from the coach also helps. So it gives you confidence that you know what you, you're saying and you know the, the aspects of how it works. And then doing, doing this for the past three, four years now, I have a lot more wisdom and insight, a lot more confident in the aspects. And so after you, you gained the confidence to raise the capital, you said that you also found your first deal and then you became the lead sponsor yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that process and how did you find that deal and what market it was in, just the overall mechanics of, of doing your first deal? Uh, yeah. So I've been, the way I've been taught and mentioned was to reach out to the brokers, introduce yourself and, and say, this is what you do, what you're looking for. So I talked to, I call almost every broker. I emailed them, I called them, I built a rapport, and I said that I am looking for, you know, multifamily in this class, class C or B. We're looking for this exact type of uh, criteria. And then they will, some will take me serious and some will look for the, for those deals. Some do not because they don't know, they have no track record, they have no credibility, you're going to close. So they look for who can close the deal. And so when I was in uh, helping raising capital on the first deal in Atlanta, I met some brokers and I met my partner and we were having a dinner one time. And then I got an email, a phone call from my broker 
back in uh, Oklahoma. And he said, I have something for you. I have two off-market deals for you. I said, really? I said, e- email me and I'll be back in Dallas probably uh, tomorrow night. I'll fly back tomorrow night. I said, okay, great. So then while I was busy building Brooklyn in Atlanta, Georgia, and being my partner and building that rapport and looking at the property, I flew back to my house, underwritten a deal, and I spoke to my mentor at the time. I said, listen, I think this is a good deal. I said, what do you think? Is it underwritten? He showed. He said, yeah, it looks a good deal. So we submitted an LOI and the seller liked me and he accepted my offer after a small negotiation back and forth. And that's how I got my first deal under contract. And then I hired a well-known firm in Dallas to help me do some due diligence, like lease audits, like uh, check each unit, take photos, what needs repairs, not, not. And I also did my own due diligence. And I went through the whole checklist I got from a mentor. We checked every single one. And so that's how I knew how to do due diligence and learn the process. And then I closed on a deal. And so that's how the process went, basically. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so can you talk about a little bit of the challenges that you faced with that first deal or any lessons learned that you can share? Yes, I'll say you need to make sure you you select the right property manager. That's very, very important. I say you do that first before you go into that market because then you know what size they want to handle and they fit that criteria you're looking for. Because some do not handle smaller properties, some do handle larger properties. And then their fees might be a little different too. So you want to figure it out first before you go into that market. That's a much better way of looking at it than going there, getting a property, and then you scramble to find a property manager. Another thing is that you need to do all your due diligence and you need to check every single unit and ensure you do all your lists that you need to do. Because most of the time when you close, there is some sort of issue that's, if you didn't do your job right, it will come up on a day of closing. That's my two advice for my experience. So I think that's something that is, is very important to know. Thank you for sharing. And so afterwards, you did another deal, you said as a passive investor, and then now you've transitioned over and focusing more on the self-storage space. So can you talk a little bit about that transition and why you decided to go into self-storage? Yeah, I'm actually doing both. I'm doing multifamily self-storage because, you know, multifamily deals are very hard to find and get. I think everyone knows that. If you're trying to find a deal, it's very hard to get a good deal. And because these days it's very in, in hot markets, the cap is very compressed. It's not going to be a good deal. Okay. Most of the time. So you need to find something that, that actually makes sense. And that actually it's syndicatable. So I decided going to self-storage because it's been so, so much demand in multifamily. I need to expand my options. And I discovered that self-storage is a, is a great asset class and I really like it. 
So I'm trying to expand more into that. We, my partner closed on one, which I helped them lead. And we have another one that helped them also lead and, and raise capital. We closed that one too. So we have two self-storage, my two partners. So we're building on that momentum, the self-storage leads. So, so I'm very happy about that. And so as you're going into self-storage, can you share a little bit about what are some of the things that you're looking for in terms of like location and markets? So it's very similar to apartments uh, where I look for pretty decent areas, but where it kind of differs is the uh, saturation of self-storage. So you want to find one that is not oversaturated, meaning that there's, there's actually demand for the area. So there's a little difference between multifamily and self-storage in, in that aspect. Because in multifamily, you're looking for great grown demographic and jobs. But in the self-storage, it's almost like it's like a retail sh- center. So you got to say to yourself, who's nearby and who's the biggest players nearby? And if they're like REITs, you, it's hard to compete with REITs if they're really near close by and there are a lot of them. So that's why you have to... So the, the education analysis is a little bit different in that aspect of it in multifamily. So. Okay. And then, yeah. so like in terms of your, in terms of outlook and everything like that, where do you kind of see like multifamily and self-storage, especially with the whole pandemic situation going on and everything like that? What is kind of like your outtake on it? I think self-storage do very well. It's growing. Uh, and I think multifamily will do well. It's always been a good asset class. As long as you choose the right demographics and the right areas, it'll be okay. And uh, as long as you can run it efficiently and properly, that should be okay. Okay. And so Jonathan, now you've done some, you've been in single family homes, you've done multifamily, and then you're also doing self-storage now. What is kind of next for you and your company? I want to uh, continue expanding my self-storage and multifamily. And then I will probably down the road, write a book about my experience, my journey, how I got into, how I left my job and got into full-time real estate. And also expand my leadership platform. I have a the Facebook group, I have a podcast myself, and I also expanding on those those avenues basically. And so, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? I own like the condo I told you about in New Jersey. I still own one of them, and it's it's doing pretty well. The appreciation went up since I bought two thousand eight, and my one of the properties going full circle. So the rental property that helped raise capital, the first deal, is being sold after eighteen months. So we actually at the target that we got our investors. So we're very happy with that. And it's closing in like in two, three weeks. Uh, so that's full circle. I'm very proud of being going full circle. That, that's a big achievement in, in the syndication world. And also we were stabilizing the properties. So it's around 91% in my other Oklahoma first deal. So I expect maybe one or two more years, I can see what's on the market and see if we can get a good offering. I'm pretty sure I can. And my exit that one, I'll be in the second one, I'll be go full circle. And then I'm working really hard on my latest acquisition and another one that was 72 units. And that's a significant amount of work that my property manager is doing. And we're putting a lot of effort into that property because it needs a lot of work. And then I also continue to acquire other properties in the pipeline. So you mentioned like the first property, you're going full cycle in two weeks. So congratulations on that. That's very exciting. And so can you talk a little bit just really quickly on the process of the going full cycle and the exiting part of it? And then what made you decide that right now is a good time to exit the property? Uh, Yeah, what we did was we had a very good property manager and she went from like, I think 80 to like 98% in a short period. 
and we know she's top notch. So we had a really good property manager. And then after like stabilizing it, we decided to just go to a broker and ask, so what's it worth? It's a simple question. What's your proposal? What's your valuation? And he came back and said, oh, it's worth this much. So we were surprised. And it's actually what we actually were underwriting to exit. And then we actually had a, a 10 to one buyer who said, I'll give you, I'll pay you this price. And we'll close in 30 days with not much conditions attached to it. So my lead partner liked the deal. So she agreed to it. And that's how we got this under going full circle, basically. Oh, wow. Congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, and what's interesting is that my partner wants to do 1031 exchange too. So if I have a deal, she can come in my deal as a 1031 <laughs> as an investor. So if she go for a circle of my deals, I'll be, I'll be help, I'm happy with that too, so. And so like when you're accepting a 1031 exchange investor, is that any different than taking a normal passive investor or like a normal buyer? It's different because it's called tenant in common, a tick. It's a different structure. It's a little more legal work with your lawyer. Another way you can do it also is called Delaware Statutory Trust that Paul Moe was recently on my podcast. He talks about, and I think I'll release that soon. But it's, it's in a method where you can, instead of doing a tick, you can do Delaware Statutory Trust. And there's a mechanism for that as well, too. But I can, people can refer to that on my, my Paul Moore's podcast. We have that one, that one. So, Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Jonathan. Yes, yes. So it's a very interesting uh, item. Yes. And so what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, I wish 20 years ago I, I knew about syndication. I knew about multifamily and self-storage. I wish I knew this knowledge I had 20 years ago because I would have done this much earlier because this is my passion. This is my joy to do it. It's a labor of love. And uh, I could see myself in this career, basically, essentially. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? It's all about your mindset and your efforts and your good faith. Is your spirit, basically. It's like you have to put 100% into it to make it work and make a win situation. So if your mind is into it and your heart's into it, you will succeed no matter what, because people always help you along the way. It, that's the critical because your mindset is your positive attitude and your spirit at the end of the day. And do you have any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life? I use, I modify some of the, the underwriting tools that I receive, and I also have investor portal, which is very, I think it's very important to keep track of all your investors and the K1 documents and have it all in one place. And there's several providers out there for that. But I think that's an important thing when, as you grow and scaling, you need an investor portal. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you for coming on the show, Jonathan. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you do, where can they go? www.graystonecapgroup.com. That's G-R-E-S-C-O-N-E-C-A-P group.com. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Jonathan, and sharing your story and everything that you experience in real estate. And so really appreciate your time today. No, thank you very much, Eileen. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.